continuing to do in our lives. Um, if you are a part of our September 8th grand opening, thank you for being there. Thank you for all the prayers and everything that happened. It was a, an awesome day of celebration, and uh, we are glad to uh, have this time now and I'm back in the sanctuary. I thought the scripture that we're going to have uh, today is a lot about busyness and God being in the presence of that. And I, as I was reading again the scripture last night, I was thinking, if there was ever a Sunday I needed this scripture, it was this Sunday, because after the week that we have had, uh, it just needs a place to refocus and uh, rebuild ourselves together. We have an update from that grand opening, and um, Dave Ramp is here to share that news with us. Well, in case you missed it, last weekend's grand opening of the Family Life Center was a spectacular event with fun activities throughout the, throughout the day. We made a request for all hands on deck to volunteer for service, and our church certainly delivered. Thank you so much for your help welcoming the community and making this a great celebration overall. We received $34,417 during our miracle offering for the building fund. This included five new and three increased pledges toward future contributions. I know that some of you may have taken home a pledge card and I encourage you to continue to pray about how God is asking you to participate in this project. We have additional pledge cards in the Welcome Center that can be picked up at any time. A fundraiser for the landscaping around the new building was kicked off last weekend. Please stop by the Welcome Center and see the design plan and consider donating toward a purchase of plants or materials. We are also collecting ideas for use of the Family Life Center on a sign-up sheet that is available weekday mornings from 9 to noon in the Life Center. The sheet is available in the Welcome Center today Please stop by and add your great ideas to the list. Also, as with any ministries in our church, we need passionate leaders to bring these ideas to life. Let us know if you have interest in leading or working with a team to implement an activity in the Life Center. This past week, I um, was privileged to go to the hospital to meet with a person from the church family. And um, <clears throat> this is someone who has really struggled with health issues and hasn't been able to be at church for a long time. And so I said, well, let's, uh, let's bring a little church to you. And I said, what's your favorite song? We'll sing it. And we started singing Amazing Grace. And you could change. You could just feel the change in the room. You know, sometimes in the busyness of life, we need to just pull back and remember who we are and whose we are and that we are covered in this amazing grace. Let's stand and celebrate together this song, Amazing Grace. <clears throat> Was lost. 
greet those around you with that amazing grace. Lord, we worship you in spirit and in truth. We worship you in our presence and in our hearts. We also worship you by offering up gifts of tithes and offerings, our hearts and lives to you. We pray, Lord, that you would receive these gifts into your throne room. You would bless them, multiply them, make us good stewards in all that we are about in your name, for your glory and honor. We pray, Father, you'd be with Don and Linda today as they give this offering of music. You would watch, um, bless them as they are blessing to us. In your name, Jesus. Amen.
affirm our faith together. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. You may be seated. Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you for so much for all that you have been about in our midst and in the in our presence as we have been about your work in your world. Lord, help us to remember that this truly is your church, your mission. You are God. And we worship you. Help us to keep our eyes focused on you. Help us to keep our eyes focused on you in the midst of grief and tears. Help us to keep our eyes focused on you in the midst of very busy lives. Help us to keep our eyes focused on you in times of great storm. Emotionally, physically, mentally, spiritually. Lord, in our scripture today, all of those things are present in one chapter. The busyness, the weariness, the fear, the challenges. What we may forget at times is your presence. Help us to remember that you are always there in whatever is happening in our lives. And we thank you that you promised you would never leave us. Storms will come. Challenges will be great. But you will be in the midst of it all. And we thank you for that. We pause in our worship to remember your greatness, but also that you are a Heavenly Father that says to us, share with me, talk to me, give to me your burdens. Help me carry them. Help me be your Heavenly Father. So we pause to speak into your throne room the, our needs and the needs of those that we, we know in our families and our neighbors in our friendships. Lord, hear our prayers. Thank you, Father, that you are here, that you have heard, 
that you will answer in the wisest ways and in the appropriate time. Together we pray, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Good morning. Good to see you here today. We are starting a new series called Life Hacks. How many of you know what a life hack is? Nobody. Oh, well, you got one. All right. We're going to learn a little bit about that, and then we're going to talk about spiritual life hacks during this, uh, this series. But before we get started, let's have a prayer. Lord God, I ask that you be with this series, that you be with uh, my words, be with the Scripture, uh, most importantly, Lord, that uh, you will be glorified through it all. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. We're going to be looking at a, at a day in the life of Jesus. And we can find it in Matthew 14, verses 13 through 33. A lot of verses. So we're going we're gonna to look at those. But what I'd like you to do is to open your Bibles. I think it is page 908. Am I right? What? 980? Ah, okay. When you're there, say, I am there. All right, okay. Now, first of all, you keep, keep, a, uh, keep your hand there because we're going to be looking at, at his life. But life hack, what is it? Well, it, a life hack is a strategy or technique adopted in order to manage one's time and daily activities in a more efficient way. And if you were to Google life hacks, you would come up with millions, literally millions of uh, different sites that you could click on. Now, let me give you an example of a, of a life hack. To keep your pot from boiling over, put a wooden spoon over the top of it. it if it starts to boil up too high, the spoon will pop the bubbles and keep it from overflowing quickly. Did you know that? There you go, there's a, there's a life hack for you. Another one is put ice cubes in the dryer to get out wrinkles. And I, and I, I am assuming this works well, or it, doesn't, it says it doesn't work so well on thicker clothing, but uh, what you do is you put two or three ice cubes in a dryer along with one or two pieces of clothing and place it on its hottest setting. The ice melts and turns to steam, getting the wrinkles out. And then it says it isn't, uh, it isn't all that effective on heavier clothing, uh, but uh, the best part is that you don't have to set the dryer for longer than 10 minutes or so for it to work. There you go, that's another one, really good. How about this one? 
Rinse out your blender in seconds instead of disassembling your blender and cleaning it, those, uh, cleaning those sharp edges, uh, blades by hand. There's a simple hack that'll save you time, effort, and, and a headache. Just fill your blender halfway with hot water, throw in some soap, secure the lid, turn it on. The hot water and the dish soap will remove the stubborn re residue around the blades and you'll be able to just rinse it out all when it's done. How about this one? You put your cell phone in a glass, drinking glass or bowl, and it boosts the volume of the speakers. See how much you're learning today? Aren't you glad you came? Absolutely. Wow. How about this one? You're at a campfire, you don't have any, any uh, kindling. Potato chips or any, you know, that uh, nachos or whatever. They're not just a tasty snack. The fat and oil and the chemicals in the potatoes and the chips and others, other things make the perfect fire starting material. Take that one to the bank. Aren't you impressed? Here's some more up on, on the screen. Let's look at one and see if you can tell me what's going on there. Coffee ice cubes, yes to ensure the drink doesn't get watered down. There, look at that one. Put a rubber band. How about that, huh? That's a good life hack. There, I guess we, we actually had to use this at VBS where one of the flip-flops of a kid's came undone and they took one of those wrapper uh, holders, like bread wrapper holders, and stuck it in there and it works. Okay, guess what that is? Yeah, don't you hate it when you bite into the edge of a, of a sandwich and you get nothing but bread? Well, there you go. There you can make the bologna into a square. And then you can see that that was just one way to, to uh, clean up the, the shower head. Uh, so you get the idea of what life hacks are all about. And uh, I, uh, <clears throat> I want you to do something for me the next three weeks as we work on this, uh, this life hacks, uh, spiritual life hacks, I want you to email me your favorite life hack. And I'm going to comment on two or three of them each, each week. So would, would you think about that? What's your favorite life hack? Send it to the pastor and uh, uh, maybe you can have, uh, have it shared with the whole congregation. Well, spiritual life hacks can be learned from the teachings and examples of Jesus. And what I've decided to do is to look at the Gospel of Matthew, and it's there that we can find many, many ways to make our spiritual life more effective and fruitful, provided we take the life hack from Jesus and apply it to our lives. Now, today we're going to talk about matter of balance. Now, Steph Robbie and Diana Lovett and others, they... Uh, they periodically offer a class called matter, A Matter of Balance, and actually it's going on right now, and they have room for two more people. And as I understand it, it's a small group program that helps older adults reduce their fear of falling and increase their activity levels. And participants are involved in group discussion and problem solving and skill building and assertiveness training and sharing practical solutions and exercise training. Is that about right, Steph? And life hacks. And life hacks. You learn life hacks. All right. Well, there you go. 
Now, even though I highly recommend this program, this is not what we're talking about this morning when we talk about a matter of balance for our spiritual lives to be healthy. Now, Jesus is the great example for balance in his life. And in order to demonstrate this, this is why I selected this passage of scripture today that's before you. It is an opportunity to look at the day in the life of Jesus and to see how this incredible balance works, even in grief, exhaustion, and stressful situations. So if you look at, at Matthew 14, starting with verse 13, what has happened is that Jesus's ministry has really catapulted, that many people are following him, the crowds are coming, they're trying to, to uh, uh, be with Jesus a lot. He's sort of a celebrity figure at this point. He um, is uh, having crowds around him clamoring for his attention. And then he learns that his friend and a very, very special spiritual man by the name of John the Baptist has been beheaded by King Herod. And he gets this word, and it had to be a shock to his disciples that this has happened. And so we pick up the story in verse 13 where it says, When Jesus heard what had happened, he withdrew by boat privately to a solitary place. Now you can imagine, you know, the shock of hearing it and the disciples and their, them being stunned. And he decides that, hey, I gotta, I've got to get my closest followers and myself away this solitary place. So they get in the boat on the Sea of Galilee. And the Sea of Galilee is quite large, but you can see, you know, I, I've stood on the Sea of Galilee and, 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 uh, and any, any place that you, you, you stand, you can see the other side of the, of the sea. So um, they took off and they decided they're going to have a little R&R, &R, a little rest and relaxation, some uh, recreation, some maybe spiritual time, and, and just uh, some togetherness with uh, each other as they grieve the loss of, of John the Baptist, but also maybe recuperate for some very, very busy days. But something happens. Hearing of this, the crowds followed him on foot from the towns. So people start walking around the Sea of Galilee and, and watching the boat. They're watching the boat as they get to different towns, they say, hey, Jesus is in the boat. He's heading in that direction, and they follow. And pretty soon, there is, a, there is a huge crowd that is gathered where Jesus and the disciples decide to land the boat. So they thought they were going to get away, and here they are greeted by thousands of people. Now, Jesus even though he was wanting to get away, he sees the crowd and the disciples are probably going, oh no, I thought we were going to get some time off here. But he sees the large crowd and in verse 14 it says, he had compassion on them and healed their sick. Now, this is, this is an important thing to, to hear. First of all, when Jesus is struck by 
some news that's shock, that shocks him or, or at least the, the disciples that he's with, he withdraws. He tries to get away for a while, clear his head, be sure that his, uh, his disciples are okay. And secondly, even though they have a need, Jesus has a need to get away, the disciples have a need to, to get away, he understands the greater need, the need of the crowd that is, that is, is, is a, a big need, and he begins to heal those in the crowd that are there for healing. Now, look at verse 15. As evening approached, the disciples came to him and said, this is a remote place, and it is already getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go to the villages and buy themselves some food. Now, for the disciples, there's a problem. They're tired. They want to relax a little bit. It's late in the day. People are hungry. What's the solution? Send them away. Send them away, Jesus. <clears throat> but Jesus does this amazing thing. In verse 16, he, he replies, they do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. Now imagine the disciples hearing this. And they're exhausted anyway. And they're looking at a, a, a crowd of over 5,000 people. It's 5,000 men plus women and children. And he says to them, you know, the 12 of them, they don't need to go away. You give them something to eat. The response is, we have only five loaves and, uh, of bread and two fish. In other words, we can't, we can't do this. Now, the third point that I want to make is that Jesus invites his disciples to be a part of a miracle. And I believe he still does that today. He invites us to be a part of a miracle. And the disciples' solution was to send them away, but Jesus' solution was to, to feed the multitude in a miracle. So, what does he do? In verse 18, it says, bring them here to me, he said, and he directed the people, you know, the, the five loaves and the two fish, bring them to me, and he directed the people to sit down on the grass, taking the five loaves and the two fish, and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the, uh, the, the loaves, then he gave them to the disciples, and the disciples gave them to the people. They all ate and were satisfied, and the disciples picked up 12 baskets of broken pieces that were left over. The number of those who ate was around 5,000 men besides women and children. Now, miracle, amazing. The disciples had a chance to be a part of the miracle. Jesus was saying to them, you give them something to eat. They couldn't see it. Their solution was to send them away. Jesus had a different idea. Now, Immediately, this is verse 22, immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. So, he tells his disciples, and I know, know you're exhausted, you guys go on. You know, get back in the boat, go on, I'll dismiss the crowd. And so they just assumed, I guess he was going to walk around the lake. And then he dismisses the crowd. Everybody's fed, everybody's satisfied, healed. And he, uh, he dismisses the crowd. And then finally, finally, he has an opportunity to get away. 
it says in verse 23, he went up on the mountainside by himself to pray. Finally, he has this opportunity for balance in his life. He's worked hard all day long. And he was actually even forced into more of a compassionate need of the people and work until, until dark. He sends off his disciples and then he goes up in the mountains to pray. And I think that's key. I think that's an important life hack to remember is that you need to maintain balance in your life. There was an author who uh, um, wrote a very, very popular book uh, a few years back, and in it he said that when he was uh, becoming very, very popular in ministry, there was something interesting that happened in his life. His ministry started out with relying on, on God at this level, and his ministry was at this level. But as his uh, ministry succeeded, this, this kind of thing happened. And, and he found himself at this level of trying to do things, and he was still at this level in his own spiritual life. And things began to fall apart and, get, you know, and, and, and be very difficult for him. And he realized that he needed to be always above his, his, wherever he is in life, his time with God in order that he might be able to continue that balance, that matter of balance in his life of, of when being with people needs to be balanced with time with God. So he goes up on a mountain and he, and he, and he prays. Meanwhile, down on the lake, what happens, you know? Storm kicks up. Have you ever been out on a big lake when a storm comes up? Man, they come up quick. Happened to join me one time. We had a hard time getting back to the dock. Uh, it's not fun. And it's scary. And the Sea of Galilee is big enough that the waves would kick up very high and boats could swamp easily. And so here you have some people who were experienced out on the lake, but they were scared, terrified. They knew the problem of being out that, uh, on the lake with those kind of, uh, those kind of waves that, that are, uh, that are uh, kicking up. And so uh, uh, if you look at verse 25, it says, Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. Um, it, well, look back at 20, 20, uh, 24. It says, later that night, uh, he was there alone praying, and the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. So they're, they're struggling. They're struggling. They can't even get back to shore because of uh, uh, the storm. And then uh, in 25, it says, or 26, um, when the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. Now, notice something here. The disciples are in the midst of a stressful storm. The waves are high. The waves are against them. And all of a sudden, Jesus comes walking out on the water. Now, notice something here. Jesus is there. The storm is raging, 
but somehow Jesus is above the storm and not bothered by it at all. Did you catch that? Coming from that time of prayer, he's walking on the water, and quite honestly, it freaks out the disciples. I mean, they've been struggling for hours here with this storm, and all of a sudden they see this, this guy walking on top of the water. What would you think if you were one of them? It, it, it kind of it kind of mess with you, wouldn't it? But Jesus immediately said to them, and this is important, he says, take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. Now, this is the important matter of balance in a, in a in, in life hack, spiritual life hack. Is that we all face storms. We all get stressed out. We all get exhausted. There are demands on our time. And sometimes the world around us seems like a massive storm. And we're caught out in the waves. Now, I want you to envision your storm. It may be what you're going through right now. And I want you to envision Jesus, who is in the storm, but somehow above it, not necessarily bothered by it, saying to you, take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. Can you see it? Can you see him? Now, Peter says in verse 28, Lord, if it is you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Jesus says, come. You know, Peter sometimes says things that gets him in trouble. And I'm sure he's thinking to himself, why did I say that? Jesus says, come on, get out of the boat and come to me. Now imagine Peter looking at the other guys, trying to save face, going, okay. He sticks one foot out of the boat. He's a fisherman. He knows that when you stick one foot out of the boat, it goes under the water. But this time, it stayed on top of the water. He gets his other foot out. He feels like it is solid ground underneath him. He gets out and he begins walking on the water, walking on the waves. The waves are still up and down. And, and you know, how does that happen? Is he steady? Well, you know, he, he probably is, even though the waves are huge around him. And he begins walking toward Jesus. Here he is in the midst of his storm of life. And he's looking at Jesus. And he's able to get through it just like just like Jesus, of being above the storm. Take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. Isn't that a cool story? Isn't that great? Then comes verse 30. Do you see it? In verse 30 it says, But when he saw the wind, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. 
So he's already walking on the water. Okay? He's watching Jesus. He's, he, uh, he understands, take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. But he takes his eyes off of Jesus. You see that? When he saw the wind, in other words, when he saw the storm, when he concentrated and focused on the storm instead of on Jesus, that's when he began to sink. And this is the important life hack right here for our spiritual life. Whenever we're in the midst of our storms, we need to keep our eyes on Jesus. We need to focus on Jesus far greater than the storm. Because when we lose that focus, everything begins to spin and we become part of this storm of life that is truly going to sink us if we're not careful. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid, beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Now, at least he was willing or able to say, Lord, save me. And what, uh, what happens is immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. Now, this is what he said. You have little faith. Why did you doubt? You have little faith. Why did you doubt? You know, all of us here are old enough to know that there are times in life where we lost faith. And Jesus stepped in and bailed us out. And it's, you know, it's at those times we need to remember the words he said to, 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 to Peter. Why? Why did you doubt? So as we think of the matter of balance in our own spiritual life, it's important to recognize who Jesus Christ is to us. And when the storms of life come, as they will, as they will, you can either try to fight it yourself or you can recognize the fact that Jesus is there. Somehow, in the midst of the storm and yet above it, saying to you, take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. And when the storm is over and everybody's back in the boat and the wind dies down, then we could say, as those disciples said in the boat that day, to Jesus, truly, you are the Son of God. Let's pray. Lord God, I thank you that you are there in the midst of our life storms. Help us to create a matter of balance in our life where we keep our eyes focused on you in all situations. Help us to be truly Christ followers in the good times and in the stressful and scary times. All this, Lord, we ask and pray in your holy name. Thank you, Jesus, for being with us in the midst of our storms. Amen. You stand to sing with me, Grace Greater Than Our Sin.
Don't forget, email me your life hacks, okay? And go and share your faith with someone who needs love, forgiveness, or hope. Point them toward God. Let him save them as he is saving you. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And the people of God said, Amen. 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 